Welcome back to the Guide Culture Podcast. This is Kat, and the title of this episode is called Play Big. And I'm really excited about it. I've been thinking about it for, gosh, over a week now. Just these ideas swirling in my head about how, you know, entrepreneurs, online business owners, small business owners, whatever you want to call yourself, how you really can play big. No matter where you're at in your business or what what you've gone through this year or ever, how you can really have that mentality of, honestly, like, like, largeness in your heart, mind, and soul about what you do. So... Um, One of the things that got my mind going about this was the Black Friday Small Business Saturday kind of energy with all the sales and all of the promotion going on. And at the very same time, I had been watching a a TV series called The Men Who Built America. And so I want to start with a story about uh, Vanderbilt and Rockefeller. So this um, series kind of starts out with a story about Vanderbilt and if you remember, he is just a titan of the cargo ships and the railroads and how they could really just transport stuff. And he became a titan really, I don't want to say quickly, but he just became major after, um, I guess, the Civil War time. And um, around that same time, like I guess a few years later, when Rockefeller was 27 years old, he wants to become kind of like the Vanderbilt of oil. And so he's starting an oil refinery. And I know this is like not at all what we deal with today. So bear with me because there's a really good message here. But he becomes, he really wants to become something. And maybe you can relate to that. He didn't have all the answers or pieces to the puzzle. He didn't even have the confidence, honestly, to become anything really. But he just like wanted to. He really wanted to be something because he saw the opportunity. So, of course, Vanderbilt's this kind of big guy, big, I keep saying Titan, but that's what he was at the time. And Rockefeller had the opportunity to go meet with him in New York to uh, possibly for Vanderbilt's rail cars, trains to carry the cargo of oil across the country. And then that would be a really big deal. So if Rockefeller could get this deal, it would be huge. Like this would be life changing. And maybe you felt that before. Like, gosh, if I could just really clinch this one deal or meet this one person or get this one connection. This would be so game changing for me. Well, that's how Rockefeller felt when he had um, the meeting set up with Vanderbilt. So he's almost like desperate, like kind of insecure, doesn't really have a lot of evidence for why this would ever work out, but he just wanted it to work out. Okay. So he's about to get on the train for this meeting and Based on the show, it looks like he, like, missed uh, his horse and buggy, okay? So he misses the horse and buggy and doesn't make the train. So, of course, I'm sure he's frustrated. Like, just, can you imagine? Like, his, probably felt like his life was over, honestly. By the way, I'm filming this in the car. I'm recording this in the car because I just had to. I'm so excited to talk about it with you guys. So, just so you know, you can actually do a podcast from anywhere that has recording. You can do whatever you want, sis, okay? So, he misses the thing. He's all upset. Well, he finds out later that that train actually went off the rails and killed everybody on board. Can you imagine missing, you know, a flight, missing a car or something, and all of a sudden you find out that you, like, survived because you were not there at the time, right? So he actually had this newfound respect and belief and reverence for life and really feels like his purpose on earth is so much more clear. Like, God's will for his life is so strong, and he survived for a reason, and he can be bold because of that happening because he survived. And so, um, the meeting gets rescheduled and he goes to Vanderbilt in New York city and where he used to be with just kind of like timid and insecure and didn't have a whole lot of evidence for why this deal would ever work out or he was good enough for it. 
he ends up coming in very confident. And Vanderbilt says, why should I give you this cargo? He said, because I will fill all of your trains with my oil. And that's a big promise. That's like saying, I'll make sure you have all your sales done. Your sales are done if you work with me. I'm sorry. That's a really big promise. And actually it really was. And it was that bold certainty that Rockefeller gave Vanderbilt. So he actually did get the deal. Now, I'm not saying you overpromise and underdeliver by any means. But what happened was actually Rockefeller, he did overpromise, but he did deliver. So he ended up hitting these big oil gushers and being able to fulfill the cargo for Vanderbilt trains. And that was really the beginning of all that he did in his life and how his business first grew. So the message here is like you can enter uncertainty. You can enter big things with a a confidence that you are worthy of it and that you can play big. Like Rockefeller was playing a much bigger game than maybe he was even, it's like, who do you think you are? Well, he's like, I am supposed to be here. I'm going to play big. And it's really, it wasn't who Vander, uh, sorry, it wasn't who Rockefeller was. It wasn't what he was selling that made him so confident, right? It's like, who cares? You're, you're nobody and oil is, you know, someone's going to sell it. What makes you so special? It was the mindset shift that he knew he had a purpose behind what he was doing. And he had a dream for himself, for his family, honestly, for the future of America. And so he went forth boldly in that. And it's because of that mindset shift that I observed during this show that I want to present three shifts that you can make as a business owner, small business owner to play big. Okay. So the first, um, the first shift is the shift in the words you say. Now, words you say matter so much because the things you say end up coming to fruition one way or another. Maybe it's in your body language, maybe it's in your tone of voice, maybe it's in the way you believe about yourself, and it makes such a difference. And I don't think that the words we say are often a conscious decision. I think that they can be so subconsciously just coming out of our mouth like, oh gosh, where did that even come from? I don't feel that way, but I'm saying it. For example, maybe you say that you love your business and that you're confident. It's just like you're certain it's the right path for you and blah, blah, blah. But then you turn around the next second and when someone asks you what you do, you say, oh, like it's just a side hustle or, oh, I don't know. Like I'm just new, but da, da, da. like you water down what you say because you're, you're honestly, it's playing small. It's like what that looks like. And uh, you know, another word you can say is you know, I, I'm no expert, but da, 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 da. And it's this, it's again, it's this watered down energy that really dilutes the, the power and the, honestly, the largeness of really what you can become. And so, you know, a, a, tr a shift you can make going from, oh, I'm just this, or I don't know, like I'm, I just started, but da, 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 is to say, I help business owners who want to write better. I want, I help business owners who want to take better photos. I help business owners who do this. And honestly, we talk all the time about not saying I, but if you're just starting out, I'm just saying, say, you know, you get help taking better photos. You get help doing this. It's just the certainty that you know how you help people. And it makes the biggest difference ever. And honestly, what's cool about it is you actually say less words, but with more belief and it carries a ton of power. So make it all about the other person instead of what you don't have. Right. So instead of, Oh, I don't know. I just started. It's you get blank, blank, blank. When you work with me, 
right? So just concentrate what they're going to get instead of uh, make it about you and watering down your value because you do have value. You just need to package it in a way that makes sense. And we'll talk about how to package your words um, in the third shift. The second shift that you can make is shifting to the mindset of a company or in other words, shift to the CEO mentality of, you know, something that we believe so strongly in the guide culture bubble is that you are the CEO of you incorporated. Now, whether you work in corporate, you are a network marketer, you are a founder of a business, you, you know, are in a startup, whatever you are, you may not be, um, or feel like a company yet. You might not be a CEO yet. You might not feel like any of those things, but you can operate with the ownership mentality and the big minded mentality of a company. And really what this looks like is, you know, if you think of some of the companies that you love and respect, I'll think of just some of the major ones, right? Like Apple, Nike, Amazon. I don't know, maybe your, your favorite grocery store chain. I think about, you know, if you're in the South, it's like Publix. Um, think about your favorite company. Do they play big or do they play small? Do they show up consistently in your inbox? Do they get excited about sales that they have? Do they make it all about what you can wear and what you can buy and what you can become if you use their product? And are they excited about that? There's usually a lot of energy behind, you know, um, promotions and things like that. And those are companies I just named, right? They are like big. Like, oh, there's nothing small about that. But at one time they were, actually. They were small businesses at one time. And honestly... I don't really know how to frame this super well, but I have this like gut message I really want to send to the small business owner who's not maybe officially a company yet. I just want to tell you that you can still show up with the bigness of a company. You know, we have a friend who's a small business owner by definition, you know, according to the Small Business Association, uh, which this means like there's under 100 employees and it's, I mean, small, that's not small, but by definition it is. And it's Jess Jordana. Y'all loved her podcast a few weeks ago. And she, I guess, was told by a coach, like, how about, what if you stopped calling yourself a small business and started calling yourself a company? And when she told me about this, it really felt like this, like, visceral shift. Of like, wow, what weight does that hold? If you operated like a company, you change nothing else but the mindset of I am a company. I'm going to show up unapologetic. I'm going to show up with humility that I serve people really well, but with that mindset of, I'm, I'm doing this. Like this, this means something to me. It means something for other people. And my gosh, the message I just really want to share is that when you show up like a company, I really want to encourage you not to feel sorry for yourself. And like I said, I don't really know how else to say that in this moment, but I, I, what I noticed on small business Saturday was a lot of buy from them because they're a small business buy from me because I'm a small business or all these ways to support small business this year. And you know, and it just felt like this energy. It wasn't the words people were saying. It was the energy of like, poor me, buy from me because I need help and we need help. And I, I would be the first to freaking stand up on a stage and preach the amazingness of small business. The backbone of America is being able to build the American dream and to have people provide jobs and to add value to the world and be creative. Like that is the beauty of America. And what 2020 has been like for a lot of people in small business and brick and mortar has been devastating. So don't get me wrong. They're just so heartbreaking. At the same time, what my point is, is that the energy that I was seeing on Small Business Saturday was very like, for people in the online space too, like in my opinion, 
people who have no excuse to be acting like they are owed anything. It was a little bit of this like, buy from me because blank. And it wasn't because of the value you offered, but because of the, like, I'm a small business, be generous. And I just want to encourage you that for the longevity of the company mindset, people cannot buy from you out of generosity. That is not the point of a small business. The point of a small business is that you as the entrepreneur, you are the one that's generous. You are the one that is going above and beyond to give so much more value than you will ever get paid for. You're like, I don't care if this product is worth $10,000 and I charge it for 500 or for free or for whatever, because I believe so deeply that this needs to get in the hands of people. And it's that belief, that enthusiasm, that conviction that drives small business forward. And it has always, even from the times of, you know, Vanderbilt and Rockefeller, who just wanted to move the country forward while making a living for themselves and creating empires that we know of today. So please, Please, please shift to the mindset of a company that does not beg people to buy from you, but that feels like it is an honor to serve. That is the whole point of having a small business is to add value. It is not to get pity purchases from family and friends, although I get it. I too have had people who are friends and family buy from me. The point forever and always is to serve people first, last, and always. Feel good about that? My, I love you and I want your business to thrive. And I really believe that every single person listening to this has a great idea who ha they, you have the heart, you have the ideas deep within you to position them in a way that people can see the value. They can, they can almost experience it through your words where they say, I, how do I not buy that? Or how do I buy that? Like, how much does it cost? I want to make this work to work with you because of the value that you bring and the attitude that you bring. So with that said, let's talk about the third shift. And the third shift, my friend, is shifting into how to communicate, the shift the way you communicate your value. And this is kind of similar to the first shift where we talk about um, shifting the words you say. And this is a little bit more specific because when you're communicating your value, it is very tempting, very easy to say, I do this. And I know we talked about the I thing earlier. So that's why I'm bringing it back up. So you can challenge yourself even more, stretch yourself even more to not only not water down what you say, but preach in boldness that what you do really, really matters. But when you make it all about them, which is the point of communicating your value, communicate your value, but make it all about them. So here's something you could do today. List all the benefits that people get from buying from you. Maybe they get better um, health, more freedom, better um, pro productivity. They get um, community. They get accountability. Like, what is it that they get from working from you? One way to do this really well is to list out just some of the features of what you do. Maybe it's like you have group calls. You have, you give them certain tools. Well, what do those tools do? Like, so what? Who cares about the tools? Well, the benefits are telling you like, okay, that's why people should care. Okay. So once you have those benefits of why people should care, now flip it to communicate. You get a tool so you can have this productivity easily accessible or easily planned for you. When you do that, actually what you'll want to do to back it up, because people will say, well, okay, cool. Like a lot of people sell productivity. What, what makes you special? You would want to possibly and like ideally back that up with evidence. So when you back something up with evidence, it's like, oh, that's who says so, but Catherine, or that's who says so, but Sally, who's selling this, you know, shake or something. There always needs to be some evidence. And so what this does is it keeps the message 
listener focused. And the whole point of communicating your value and making the shift is because it is all about them. When you're listing the benefits and you are focusing on telling good stories and you are looking for proof to back it up, your whole point is how can I serve more people? How can I get this in the hands of the people who really need it? And package your words in such a way that it is so clear to them who it's for, how they're going to benefit, how they can win. And honestly, that's what you learn in guide culture if you take the training. And we'll talk more about that coming up soon as the program reopens. We will put the wait list in the show notes. If you've been waiting for it to reopen, it is reopening soon in a few weeks. So keep that on your calendar. I don't think we'll tell dates yet, but we'll put some stuff in the show notes for wait list. You do get to learn how to uh, package your value in a customizable, unique way. And there's some really cool stuff coming next year. Anyway, the whole point is that you keep it focused on them 100% of the time in the stories that you tell. Think about what are their objections? How can I focus the value on answering their questions and meeting them where they are? Because the point of the shift is that you're shifting away from you. Like, honestly, no one cares what you do. Like, if you said, I study every day so I can make this program for you. No, 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 no. That is not them-centered. No. No. That is still you centered because you're talking about how much studying you do to make the program for them. So you can actually demonstrate that in a different way without saying it. That is a whole other thing we talk about in the training. But the point is people need to understand what you do. And when you shift from, oh, it's all about me to making it all about them, that's actually when you play the biggest because that is what that is what the companies do. That is what that is what people do who actually drive the world forward is they make it all about them. And then all of a sudden the world is like, I need this. So not only does playing big, um, even if you don't feel big at first, it makes it makes your confidence grow in this weird way where it's not fake until you make it. It's actually even bigger because you're kind of like creating this container in your mind that's bigger than what you can currently fill it with evidence wise. But over time, when you play big, these drops of evidence, these drops of proof that you really are as big as you want to be one day, it starts to fill up. And all of a sudden you're this, you're this container of juice that people want to be around, that people want to drink from, right? This like flowing stream of water. And that's when you really become like a go-to person, an expert. And it honestly just happened over time. But I'm telling you, friend, it starts with the decision that you're going to play big unapologetically for a world that really desperately needs your value. I really believe this for for you. So believe and be bold and make it all about the other person. And there's just not, there's not a way if you're constantly working on yourself, you're refining your words, you're refining your programs, you're listening to people. There's just not a way you can lose. I've not, I've not seen it happen. I've not experienced it when all of those things are aligned you will win. And I'm so excited for you. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope that you know that everything I said came from my heart. Like I said, I've been doing this in the car, which just tells you, (laughs) I mean, I'm hand, don't worry. I'm hands-free. I'm doing this from my car's microphone. And honestly, you can do that too. Please. I actually saw this on um, Instagram this morning. It was like, you know, people on the internet, what the internet has done is it's made everything seem way bigger than it actually is, right? Like guide culture podcast, you know, Instagram following, it all feels very big. There's like this microphone that makes it feel like, oh my God, every, everyone's doing this impossible thing that I could never do. And it's just not true. I think um, creating a podcast with Apple is free. Uh, most of us already have phones, right? With voice memo capabilities. I, I'm not even using AirPods, right? Like you can't use that excuse. I'm not even using AirPods. I'm using my car Bluetooth speaker. So I hope it sounds good enough for you. Uh, but just just go for something like play big. Like if the podcast thing seems so big to you, just know that you can do it in your car. You could do it while you're walking, 
right? As long as you have a heart to serve people, there's not a way to lose. So please, please, please know that you have everything it takes um, with a little bit of growth, grit, and love for people. I can't wait to see you next time. And just get ready for a, a new year and know that you can actually end the year really strong. And that doesn't mean that you're being perfect, but it does mean that you are mentally making the shifts to, like I said, love, serve, you know, yourself and the people around you and really move toward the destiny that God has for you. See you on the next episode, friend.